Good evening, Birds Down Under fan. It's your host, Tom, and I'm back after a couple weeks break. It is great to be with you tonight. We're doing our draft preview, and I have to say, I'm really upset. I just did a 30-minute podcast. I went totally off on tangents about the draft and free agency and, uh, you know, the salary cap and all that stuff, and something happened, and it cut my recording off, and it didn't record everything, so... Ah, very frustrating. Nevertheless, we're going to take another crack at this. The good news is I'll be less long-winded this time because I cannot be bothered to do another 30-minute podcast, and that's probably better for all the listeners. Anyway, okay, let's get stuck in here. Uh, It is NFL draft time. I love the NFL draft. I always have. It is such a fun time of year if you are a real fan of the National Football League because it's a time where you can really start to look at how your team might get um, developed with new talent, new players coming in, and who is it you might draft. And there's these things called mock drafts where all these quote-unquote experts predict where these players are going to get drafted and what teams are going to take them and what will be good value, who's moving up the draft boards, who's moving down, et cetera, et cetera. Ah, it's just a wonderful time of year. And I probably mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I did miss an hour of a final exam back in 1998 to see the Eagles draft Trey Thomas, offensive lineman at a Florida State in the first round of the draft. And Trey Thomas went on to be a great player for the Eagles for many, many years. So no regrets there. And if you're curious, yes, I did pass my exam. So, um, but let's get stuck in here. And before we do get into the draft, I want to kind of take you through the salary cap, because the salary cap is what makes the draft so important. Let me explain. The salary cap is a number that is affects every single team in the National Football League exactly the same. This year, it is $224.8 million. And that is what you have to fit all of the salaries for all your players under. If you are not under, you get penalized for it. So every team has to make sure by the time a certain deadline hits that their salary fits under that number of $224.8 million. And you think to yourself, well, that's a big number. It is, but when you have you know quarterbacks who are taking up $50 million of that number per year, which guys like Patrick Mahomes take up, well, that's uh, that number starts to dwindle pretty quickly. And you can also have dead cap money from previous years, from previous players who are no, no longer even on the team. The Eagles have a little bit of that going on right now. So um, very quickly, that $224.8 million can disappear. So why does that matter? Number one, it's what makes the NFL great because a hard salary cap forces an even playing field for every team. Whether you're a big market like New York or a small market like Green Bay, Wisconsin, doesn't matter. You all have the same salary cap to play with. So it's a real level um, that ensures parity across the league. And so with that, it's really important that teams maximize draft picks. Why? Because draft picks, um, if you're a first-round draft pick, the team owns your rights for five years, and they pay a slotted salary for you, which, while it's still good money, it's nothing like what you get when you get to your second contract. Your second contract is where players get paid. And we've talked a little bit about Jalen Hurts working towards his second contract this year. Well, once that happens, again, he will consume a huge amount of the Eagles' salary cap, and they'll no longer be able to go out and try and sign every single free agent possible to make the team better, which... I'll get into why the Eagles need to do that now. But again, if you're a first-round draft pick, the team owns your rights for five years. If you're a second-round draft pick or beyond, the team owns your rights for four years. And your salary is slotted according to your draft position. So again, if you're the first pick in the draft, you earn, you know, let's call it, I don't know what the number is, but let's say it's $12 million a year. It's, it's good money, but it's nothing like what happens if you're a star quarterback and you get to your second contract, or you're a star offensive lineman, you get to your second contract, or a star defensive end, and you get your second contract. That's where the big money comes in, the big contracts happen. 
So when you have a player on a rookie deal, uh, it's much more friendly for your salary cap, and that player consumes a lot less of the percentage of your salary cap. Now, as we've talked about before, Jalen Hurts drafted in the second round by the Eagles three years ago. He has one year left on his second round rookie deal. And why would the Eagles want to sign him early? when they have another another year with him playing on a really low salary cap number because he was a second-round pick, well, he's grossly outplayed the value of his contract. And because he was only a second-round pick, he only earns about, you know, call it half a million dollars a year, give or take. And that might sound like a lot of money, but in NFL circles, particularly for a quarterback, it's nothing. So Jalen has grossly outplayed the value of his contract. And Teams recognize if they don't take care of their star players that the relationship between the player and the team can get so um, you know badly damaged that it's never recoverable. And so the Eagles want to compensate Jalen Hurts according to how he's played. And I think we'd all agree watching him play last year, he deserves a second contract. So the Eagles are going to try and bring forward that contract renewal a year early. And the value of that is they can spread the hit of his new contract out over more years, which is more team friendly. So there is some logic for them. And I think they've you know pretty much said, we believe he's the guy that we want to build our franchise around. So why would we delay in signing him to a bigger contract? So I think that's really the logic. But Again, that makes these draft picks so valuable because you have them on a manageable salary for four or five years. And I want you to think about that from the standpoint of uh, the structure of the draft. So the draft has seven rounds. There are 32 teams in the National Football League. So by simple math, you'd say there are 32 picks per round times seven. And each team should have seven draft picks one in each round. Now, it gets a little bit more complicated than that because you get something called compensatory draft picks. So uh, the NFL runs a ledger, if you will, on who you lose and who you gain in free agency. And if a team loses a ton of players, high-priced players in free agency, um, they will get compensated in the third round or later with compensatory draft picks, which are tacked on to the end of each of those rounds, from the third round to the seventh round. So if you lose a superstar to another team, you will get a third-round draft pick as compensation. Unless you sign a superstar in return and that balances out and then you maybe don't get any compensation but a real life example for the eagles is javon hargrave who joined the san francisco 49ers to the tune of 84 million dollars the eagles fully expect to get a third round draft pick for javon hargrave as a result of that and we lost other players with big contracts isaac sayamalu andre dillard uh, tj edwards cj gardner johnson all those players will you know net the eagles some form of uh, compensatory draft pick um, you know, compensation next year. It will not be in this draft. It will be in the following draft. The other way you can get compensatory draft picks is if you have minority coaches who move up your ranks and then get plucked by other teams to become offensive coordinator or head coach. And you see that happen quite uh, frequently, particularly the San Francisco 49ers are really good at developing minority coaching candidates who get picked up by other teams. And they are going to get, I believe they have three third round draft picks coming this year as a result of those types of coaches moving into other teams. So congratulations to the 49ers. That's exactly what the system is designed to do is to compensate a team who've done a good job hiring minority candidates as coaches and then seeing them move up the, the coaching ranks and get plucked by other teams. So, um, you know, really well done by them. And I think uh, the Eagles have signed this year Sean Desai, who's an Indian heritage uh, defensive coordinator. And if Sean ever got um, hired as a head coach in the future by a team, which you never know, uh, the Eagles would get compensated for that. So 
that's kind of how the system works. All right, so we've gone through the salary cap, why that matters, why it's great. We've gone through the draft structure, seven rounds. Now, the other thing you can do is you can trade your draft picks away for players and current contracts with other teams. So last year, the Eagles trade traded a fifth-round draft pick to the New Orleans Saints for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Uh, as it turns out, we didn't really get value from that because he's left after one year. We will get you know some form of compensatory draft pick for him, but you'd argue that maybe wasn't the best use of the fifth-round pick. I disagree. He allowed us to be more competitive last year in a run to the Super Bowl, as did Robert Quinn, who we picked up from the Chicago Bears for a fourth-round draft pick. And did Quinn do much for the Eagles? Not really. But again, he was insurance from injuries from guys like Josh Sweat and Hassan Reddick. And I think, again, we saw what happened when Von Miller from the same position for the Buffalo Bills got injured. They didn't have a replacement and it really affected their defense. So I understood why the Eagles did it, but they did give up some draft capital, which means we have, again, two first round picks, the 10th and the 30th pick. And to review, we have the 10th pick in the draft because of a trade we made with the New Orleans Saints last year, who gave us uh, a second round pick last year. And next year, and a first-round pick this year to get the rights to our 18th pick in the draft last year. A little bit convoluted, but net-net, the Eagles came up really, really well there because the Saints thought they were going to be a better team than they were. So the Eagles gained their higher draft pick as a result. So those two first-round picks um, will be really handy this year to replenish some of the players we lost. And again, if I think about what philosophically the Eagles have done since the start of the early 1990s, they have always invested in the offensive and defensive line first. Philosophically, the team believes this. You have to have a star quarterback, and then you have to build from the lines out. But they also really believe in wide receivers and cornerbacks. So um, positional rankings for the Eagles. Quarterback, we have Jalen Hurts. That's taken care of. Second would be probably left tackle, which is Jordan Mailata. Um, third, uh, arguably, possibly second is defensive ends, the guys who rush the passer and sack people. So Hassan Reddick, Josh, Josh Sweat. Um, and then, you know, you've got defensive tackles and the interior offensive linemen, and then the cornerbacks, uh, and the receivers. So receivers catching ball, cornerbacks, defending the people who catch the ball. That's really the positions the Eagles see great value in. They do not see a lot of value in running backs or linebackers. That's just philosophically how they've always, um, treated the draft. So the last time they drafted a running back in the first round was Keith Byers, 1987. First time they drafted, or the last time they drafted a linebacker in the first round, Jerry Sizemore in 1977, I want to say. So they just don't value those positions. And the reason is, um, in the grand scheme of how the Eagles generally scheme their offensive and defensive um, you know, structures, they're very predicated around strong line play. And they feel like they can slot in kind of underrated players, lower drafted players, maybe, you know, a little bit of a money ball scenario. If you've ever seen the money, money ball with Brad Pitt, where, um, you know, he was a general manager of a baseball team and he would pick up players other teams didn't think were very good, but he saw that they had potential to fit into his scheme. The Eagles are also kind of of that mindset with running backs and linebackers that we will find players, undrafted people, uh, undrafted players like TJ Edwards, um, we will draft later. Now, Miles Sanders, who we've lost in free agency to uh, to the Carolina Panthers, he was a second round draft pick. So, you know, we have invested some draft capital in that position. And the last time we drafted anybody sort of semi-high in linebacker was Michael Kendricks um, back in 2014, 2013. So again, it just hasn't happened for a long time. So let's expect that the Eagles do draft offensive or defensive linemen um, with a potential for cornerback as well. Because I think you can make arguments that we need all those things. Certainly, Isaac Sayamalu's got to be replaced at guard, who's left, gone to the Steelers. That could be Cam Jurgens, 
but we don't have a lot of depth anymore because we lost Andre Dillard. So I could easily see they go that direction. Again, we've got to replace Javon Hargrave on the defensive line and his 11 sacks. Um, and cornerback, we have two aging corners in James Bradbury and Darius Slay, 32 years of age, 34 years of age. And by any standard in the NFL, that's getting up there. So you could easily see the Eagles saying we want to draft a younger defensive back cornerback to replace um, to replace those guys and be an insurance policy if they get hurt, and which tends to happen more the older you get in the league. So with that, let's talk some players here I think could be on the Eagles' radar. Now, the thing about this draft this year is it's very strong in the quarterback position, which is great because the Eagles don't need a quarterback. And at the 10th pick, that means some good players will fall to them that in another draft with less good quarterbacks um, might not get to them. But with most teams who are bad needing a quarterback, you will see a real run of quarterbacks go at the top of the draft, which will push down some good players. And the first player I'm going to mention is a guy by the name of Jalen Carter. Now, Jalen Carter was a teammate of Jordan Davis. So last year, we, we drafted defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of Georgia from the top-ranked collegiate defense uh, across all of university football in America. And Jordan was a teammate of Jalen Carter. They played side-by-side. Side. They're the same position. Um, and Jalen was Jalen Carter was an absolute wrecking ball last year for the Georgia defense and was a wrecking ball for the Georgia defense this year. But he comes with some off-field concerns. Uh, namely, he got um, in a car accident street racing back in January where a teammate of his got killed, which is pretty awful. Now, he it does look like he's going to avoid charges for it. But apparently, he's also not very coachable. He's a bit of a head case and um, doesn't, uh, isn't a great locker room guy. But ru rumor has it that actually Jordan Davis, his collegiate teammate, is somebody who does keep him in line and does kind of put him on his best behavior. So worth noting. But I have to be honest, I just don't see him being available at the 10th pick. If he was, and the Eagles feel comfortable with him from a character concern standpoint, you could easily say... They, they, you could easily see them drafting Jalen Carter because it's a position of need to replace Javon Hargrave. Um, another guy that if they saw him drop all the way to number 10 is a gentleman by the name of Devon Witherspoon, who's a cornerback out of Illinois. And again, having a young stud cornerback behind James Bradbury and Darius Slay would be really logical because you see so many teams play three wide receiver sets um, and beat you with multiple receiving options. And, you know, having good corners, you can never have too many good cornerbacks. So that would be a logical place for them to go. You could see them going defensive end, um, although I'm not sure anybody's going to be kind of sensible value at the 10th pick. Um, a guy, though, I will call out is a gentleman by the name of Peter Skoronsky, who was an offensive lineman at Northwestern, where he played the same position as Jordan Malata, left tackle. And he was an All-American for a couple of years there, generally considered one of the safest picks in the draft. Now, he is likely going to play guard in the National Football League. Well, the Eagles need a guard because they have to replace Isaac Sayamalu. But what's interesting about Peter is because he played left tackle in college, he could back up Jordan Mailata and he can play right tackle so he could back up Lane Johnson. So he'd have a lot of versatility there. And he's a really safe, sure sure draft pick. And I think everybody agrees he will become an all-pro guard. And particularly with our amazing offensive line coach, Jeff Stoutland, um, you could see that being a really logical place for the Eagles to go. It's not a sexy pick. And I could even see a lot of Eagles fans being disappointed by it. I personally think it would make a lot of sense. He's a high character guy. He comes from great bloodlines. Um, his uncle or uh, grandfather was a captain of one of the Green Bay Packers teams um, way back in the 60s. So he's got it in his bloodlines. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they go that direction. 
Um, but something the Eagles could do is draft up or draft down. So if let's say Jalen Carter has slipped to the eighth position and the Eagles say, we love Jalen Carter, they could give up, say, a third round draft pick to move up two spots to go from 10 to eight to get Jalen Carter. But probably a more likely scenario is they say, you know what, we're sitting at number 10. We don't love any of the players here. We're willing to drop back five, six, seven spots, pick 17th, pick up an extra second round draft pick this year to make up for some of those picks they've traded away. And draft somebody, again, like maybe a Christian Gonzalez, who's a cornerback out of Oregon, or you know a defensive tackle, Kalijah Kansi out of Pittsburgh, who reminds a lot of people um, about Aaron, of Aaron Donald, who played at the same school, Pittsburgh, undersized defensive tackle, but Aaron Donald's obviously been one of the most devastating defenders in the National Football League for many years now. Um, there's some good offensive linemen, Darnell Wright from Tennessee, Paris Johnson from Ohio State. Anyway, I'm just spitballing here, but again, everybody fully expect the Eagles in the the 10th pick or the 30th pick to take an offensive lineman or defensive lineman. Um, there is some guys later on that could be interesting late in the first round uh, who could make some sense. Um, and one of those is a gentleman by the name of Brian Branch, who's kind of a slot corner safety guy, similar to CJ Gardner-Johnson, same skill set, comes from Alabama, a great program, could be quite a safe pick in a position of need for them. An interesting name is a gentleman by the name of Bijan Robinson, who is a star running back from Texas. And you say, well, the Eagles don't ever draft running backs in the first round. You know, Keith Byers, 19, 1986, you've already told us that. Why would they do that? Well, it's fair, and I philosophically just don't see them doing that in this draft. But if they did move back from, say, 10 to 20, and Bijan Robinson was there, he's a, he's a star in the making at running back. And if the Eagles said, geez, this would make our offense just so deadly with Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, you know, if we put a star running back in the mix there, that would just make us unbeatable. I wouldn't agree with it, to be honest with you. I just don't think it's a sensible way to use your draft capital. But I know there's a lot of people out there clamoring for the Eagles to do this. So we'll see. But it would be very out of uh, character for Howie Roseman to do something like that. So, um, folks, just I love this time of year. And for you who are new to this and just trying to kind of get your head around it, um, some great people to go look up. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah on NFL.com, really insightful guy, has been a draft guru for a while. And his stuff is free because a lot of the good draft content is behind paywalls. Um, the grandfather of the NFL draft, his name is Mel Kuyper. He's on ESPN. Really insightful, has a good podcast um, that's worth listening to if you're interested in kind of learning more about the draft and the prospects. Um, but all of Mel's written stuff is behind a paywall on ESPN. So uh, Daniel Jeremiah, all his stuff is free. NFL.com, look him up. He has a top 50 list. He has mock drafts. And again, gotta love mock drafts. All the quote unquote experts telling us who's gonna get drafted where. So it's such a fun time of year. This is where the kind of next wave of talent come into the Eagles. Um, and, you know, I'll say this. Howie Roseman's had a bit of a checkered past as a general manager drafting players. We've had some real stinkers come in. Again, you know, Jalen Rager, you've heard me say that name. Terrible draft pick. You could argue Andre Dillard really didn't pan out because he never became a starter, although I think that's more because Jordan Malata became, you know, this freak seventh round draft pick who happened to make it, which is very rare at the position he plays. Um, going back, Danny Watkins, 2011, uh, who was a firefighter, a Canadian firefighter, oddly enough, from British Columbia. Total flame out, no pun intended. Uh, ooh, that was a terrible dad joke. Sorry, everybody. Um, but he left football after a couple of years and is fighting fires again in British Columbia. So uh, his heart was not in football. Uh, you know, we've had other players that just haven't panned out under Howie Roseman, first round picks, second round picks. 
You know, I mentioned J.J. Arcega White. Actually, no, I didn't. Uh, I mentioned that in my 30-minute version of this podcast that failed. But, uh, you know, sometimes you move players up or down draft boards for injury concerns, character concerns. A guy that we moved back um, and took off our draft board was a gentleman by the name of D.K. Metcalf, a wide receiver. Funnily enough, A.J. Brown's teammate at Old Miss Absolute freaking nature, even more than A.J. Brown. And the Eagles, uh, they had medical red flags on him. He looked like he had a degenerative back condition or spine condition they were concerned was going to shorten his career. They took him off the draft board. They drafted this guy, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, who did literally nothing. Uh, D.K. Metcalf went off the board like one pick later, the Seahawks. He is a star. So a good example where the Eagles medical staff kind of missed on their evaluation of somebody. And as a result, the Eagles drafted a real stinker of a player instead. So we'll see. Uh, I hope we don't revert to form this year. But I think Howie Roseman kind of learned some lessons. Draft players from top programs. They tend to, to work out. Devontae Smith, Landon Dickerson, both from Alabama. You know, last year we drafted Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean from Georgia, who won the national championship. Now, jury's out on those two. Maybe they don't develop into good players, but it's still a lot kind of safer, particularly in the early rounds, to take your swings on known commodities from big programs um, that tend to have a high track record of successful players in the National Football League. And again, Alabama being a, a shining example of that. So folks, uh, good news. I've just saved you all 10 minutes uh, of your life by having a shorter podcast today. Uh, hopefully you've learned a little bit about why the salary cap matters and why having draft picks on rookie contracts matter because that's how you keep that salary cap in check and allows you to go and draft uh, or go and sign other players um, and then make real hard decisions on those players who hit their second contracts. Um, and again, Jalen Hurts has earned his. Andre Dillard didn't, and he's gone to Tennessee. That's a good example of a guy who was a first-round draft pick that played his five years, never earned his second contract. The Eagles went on to another team with the Tennessee Titans, and I wish Tennessee John well with Andre. I think that's a good signing for them, by the way. But folks, uh, I will certainly be back to do a draft review. Um, the draft is not this weekend, but next weekend. And uh, can't wait to tell you what I think about the draft picks and how close I was to, you know, pegging whether they drafted defensive linemen, offensive linemen, etc. We'll see. Otherwise, thank you for listening and talk to you all soon. Go Birds!